everybody. Welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. Happy to have you listening again. Uh, we got a special guest with us again today. He, he's been with us before, and he, he's still a rock star. we got Mr. Stephen Whitehouse from United Rentals. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. I feel like a wily old veteran over here now, second time around, so I'm looking forward to this conversation today. <laughs> well, you never know. You keep coming on, you might take Craig's place. He seems to be my co-host most of the time, so I'm, I'm looking for a new one. I don't know if I could fill those shoes, but I try. Mr. Radio Voice, you know. That's right. <laughs> Well, and Stephen's joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about confined space because, uh, you know, you know, it's an issue that we've yet to address uh, on this on this show, and I want to. And then, uh, unfortunately, there was a, a pretty wicked incident in our industry of, of a few people that, that died in a confined space here just within the last couple of weeks. And, and uh, you know, it, it was three people that died in one one confined space, and it's kind of you know. Uh, I don't know all the details, but I do know that it was one guy was in there. He went down. Somebody jumped in to rescue him. He went down. Then a third person jumped in to try to get them both, and then he went down. So it's kind of, you know, it's something that I don't want to say I see it a lot, but it seems like every time there's a confined space incident, you hear that same thing. Yeah, that's that's the case, Matt. We we talked about a little bit before jumping on here, and 60% of the fatalities involved in confined spaces come from the would-be rescuers. So, you know, somebody goes down, and, hey, we, we put on that cape and try to play Superman, but unfortunately we, we're the ones that succumb to, to it as well. Yeah, that, that, that's horrible. Um, but you've got a little bit more details on what happened, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's uh, I talked to a peer that works up, and this the incident happened in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, so I was able to talk to the salesman that actually covers that area, uh, because obviously that's been heavy on their hearts and, and just the industry in general up there. And uh, very tragic story. Um, there was a son that was working in a manhole, and his dad was serving as the attendant above, and his son collapsed down in the hole. Um, the dad goes down to rescue his boy and unfortunately he succumbed to the hazardous atmosphere and they had a helper on the job site as well that went in to try to help them both and unfortunately he he collapsed and and passed away as well so uh, very sad you know the fact that a a father and son you know somebody lost uh, a husband and a son Um, somebody lost a, a brother and a dad and you know you hear about these you know, more often than, than you should. And it's just so tragic, man. And it just, it's really put a damper across the country and really, unfortunately, that's what happens. We, we, we get these rude awakenings that uh, make us think a little bit more about these confined spaces. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, uh, I'm also starting to think you're kind of like the Grin Reaper. Every time you come on here, we're talking about somebody that died in a construction accident. Cause last time we were talking about trench collapses, which it, it's kind of the same thing. People tend to not pay attention to it or 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 make it second to getting the job done as when it it shouldn't be that way you know trench collapses and and confined space and and those things are are ever present in what we do every single day that needs to be a priority yeah and and we really need to understand the whys behind a lot of these standards that are in place i'm reading uh jocko's new book on leadership strategies and tactics and he talks about that as the, the because I said so or because OSHA said so, that's that's not enough. We really need to emphasize like, hey, this is, this stuff really happens day to day. And, and if you're not careful, you know, you don't want to be a statistic. we we got to be aware of what's going on around us. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I know we've mentioned that on this podcast before. And I, I don't remember if it was when you were on, but we, we, we talked about how, uh, you know, working safe is 
not something you do because OSHA said so. It's something that you do because you want to go home at night. You want your people to go home at night, go home to their families and be able to enjoy their lives. We all drag our asses out of bed early in the morning and go get dig ditches every day so that we can take home money to provide for our families and create a better life for our families. And if we're going to put safety, you know, second and injure or get killed, then what the hell are we doing it for? No, for for money. I I don't know about you. I don't think I'm ready to die for money quite yet. So no, not at all. But so, so guys, and and one of the reasons I wanted Steven to come back on is United Rentals has a great uh, confined space training program. And so I wanted him to come on and share kind of a little, so maybe some tips and tricks for contractors so we don't get ourselves into situations like this uh, when it comes to confined space. And also let us know a little bit what, about what United can, can offer as a member of NUCA to, to help keep our members safe and, and doing the right things in confined space. Yeah, you're, you're right, Matt. Our, our leadership team at United Rentals Trench Safety has put together a, an absolutely amazing program. Uh, not only for excavation safety, which we're well known for, but the confined space side too, uh, especially confined spaces in construction, because a lot of the excavations and things that we're working in on a daily basis can and will be considered <laughs> confined spaces. Um, so it's it's something that, you know, just, just like trench boxes, you know, the confined space products that we have and, and the training that we provide are, are paramount to the industry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. So... <clears throat> I mean, why don't you hit us with a few, a few tips for confined space and construction? Yeah, man. I, I think first and foremost, uh, knowing the definition of a confined space. So I, I got a couple of notes here that I'm going to go over. But uh, confined space is a space that is large enough and configured that an employee or bodily can enter into it, right? So um, that doesn't have to be your whole body. If, if you know you stick your head into it or your arm, you're in a confined space at that point. So just something to keep in mind. Um, and also it has limited or restricted means of access and egress, right? So it's, it's not easy to get in and out of. And again, a lot of the trenches that we're digging and, and that we have boxes in could be considered that. And uh, last but not least, it's not designed for continuous occupancy. So we're not supposed to be hanging out in manholes for days at a time or, uh, or those trenches. So th- those are kind of the key factors whenever you're looking at what is a confined space. And what you're finding too is that... Um, a lot of customers and a lot of people in the industry are are naming all confined spaces permit required confined spaces, right? Uh, a lot of a lot of you know larger contractors out there have designated any confined space is going to be permit required. So that way they have a plan, they have a supervisor, um, they have the um, basically the playbook in order to get people in and out of those confined spaces. So not not a bad call it, it's a little bit more work but i think it's well worth it especially considering the hazards involved with them no you're absolutely right there it, a little bit more work's not going to hurt anybody I mean, that's that's what we do we get up and we come to work to get things done so if it takes a little bit more work to make sure we stay safe it, it's well worth it and I, I just i know from experience at team you know confined space isn't something we really deal with very often we're not we're not working in manholes we're not working in uh trenches that are so deep that they need to be classified uh, confined space stuff like that but here recently we we had a little uh job where we had to go inside of a storm sewer and install some gas main through it uh or gas services through it and it was I mean, this old hand-laid brick storm sewer through the middle of a little town up in kentucky and there was had grates welded on each end so that we you couldn't easily access it so we got into a situation like that and you guys stepped up big got us what we needed and and it, it you know it, it's impressive Anytime you call United and you need something, they'll make it happen. 
Yeah, man, we, we definitely take pride in that, but we we know what tools you guys need to be successful and safe in the field, and, and that's where we really shine. But, you know, you, you hit on a key takeaway there that, that I have written down is is having the right equipment when you're on site, you know, whether you, you keep it on you at all times or if you, you rent it from another provider, you know, like United Rentals or or even, um, you know, you, you purchase it from someone. So having the right equipment that's been tested Right, a lot of people have a tripod and winch or a gas monitor, but maybe that gas monitor hasn't been calibrated in over a year, right? And they're not bump testing it regularly, so that's really important. Having the gear, but having the right gear that that is tested and ready to go. Yeah, if 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 it's not going to do its job when you need it, there's no point in having it. No, oh, that's it, man. Um, in terms of best practices, whenever we're talking about confined spaces. Um, first and foremost, you got to have a program in place at, at, at your company, right? Having, having some sort of playbook that we talked about earlier in place to say, hey, whenever we approach a confined space, this is what we're going to do, right? And, and second to that is, is you got to be trained, right? When you're looking at the fatalities involved in confined spaces, only 5% of the fatalities are people that sat in an actual confined space training class. Everybody else that passed away was either on the job or, or that old, I've been doing this for 20 years, I, I know the hazards type deal. Um, so getting that tra- training is absolutely paramount to keeping your employees safe. So let me ask you this, when it comes to confined space training, I, I know uh, you know in the OSHA standard for, for excavation, there's no uh, requirement for a competent person outside of the company designate you a competent person. But you want to have that training so you know what a competent person is required to do in OSHA's eyes. How does that work on the confined space side? Do you Are you required to be confined space trained, or is it kind of the same as uh, competent persons? Yeah, that's twofold. So, one, you will have a competent person when it comes to confined spaces, right? So having, having a competent person that is designated on a job site when it comes to your confined spaces is absolutely key, Matt. So I'm glad you brought that up. But when you're, when you're looking at confined spaces and confined space entry, there, there's a lot of people that are at play here. First, you're going to have the entry employer, right? They're going to designate who can and can't get into a hole. And a lot of times they're going to designate who that competent person is, right? And then with that, they're also going to designate an entry supervisor. So somebody who's going to be over that specific task. And, um, and underneath that supervisor, you're going to have two other people. You're going to have the attendant. And then you're going to have to also have the entrant who will actually be going into that space. And it's absolutely key that all personnel are trained. Well, I, you know, to keep, keep piggybacking off of what we're talking about here and, and just other best practices is, is communicate. The communication key, that's, that's in everything we do, but especially in these confined spaces, because a lot of times you're going to have somebody working in a hole that's 20 foot deep or a manhole that they have to go down and make a, make a left-hand turn and go 15 more feet under. So having a way to communicate with that person, and we know these job sites aren't quiet. You're going to have machines above as the attendant that you're going to have to combat with. So having some sort of radio device or, or something there that where you can be in constant communication with that person that's in that hole is key. Um, one of the great things about you know technology as it continues to develop, it, it's also taken place with, with the tools that we have in confined space. So uh, a lot of the gas monitors out there now have Bluetooth technology, right? So you'll have the entrant who's down in a hole and you'll have somebody above, whether if it's the attendant, the competent person or the supervisor that can in real time use Bluetooth to, to see what they're seeing down in the hole on that gas monitor. So it'll give you the oxygen level, it'll give you the combustibles, it'll give you the, give you the hydrogen sulfide. 
uh, it'll have all the information right there. And if there's an alert or an alarm that goes off in that on that monitor, it'll it'll go to the phones as well. So really cool technology to have, and and uh, we have a lot of those in our fleet. And a lot of our customers like to take advantage of that, especially the safety guys that are maybe sitting at a desk and they want to know when when our when their employees are encountering a hazardous atmosphere or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool. I had no idea that was even a, a possibility. That, that, that's awesome to see Bluetooth and technology of that 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 style used on, on safety devices. That, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a great selling feature, man, but it, it too, just a great safety feature, right? Because, you know, look at that Fort Wayne incident. You know, if, if the dad had realized that, you know, his son succumbed to, you know, low oxygen or, or a hazardous gas, he could either use force ventilation or, or you know, a self-contained breathing apparatus to get down there and actually perform the rescue the proper way. Um, you know, uh, NIOSH, NIOSH um, they did a study a few years back, and um, they looked at 139 sites and that, that had confined space fatalities across 17 states, and there were two common themes, right? Uh, one, no gas detection, no, no air monitor at all. And then two, no force ventilation. So they weren't using a fresh air blower to, to put fresh air down into that hole. So so basically everybody's getting down there in, into a hole where they can't breathe. Yeah, it's exactly right. Within seconds of going down there, it's it's lights out, right? You don't you can't hold your breath. You you can't you don't you don't know what's going to happen. You just immediately succumb. And uh, a lot of times there's water down there, right? And I hate to be Grim Reaper, but there's water down there and you pass out, you, you got the chance of drowning now. And that's, uh, yep. that's a bad situation. Yep. Yeah. If you, if you, if you pass out and you, you fall in water, you're nothing you can do to stop, but breathing that water in. Yeah. If I was to tell any, you know, talking to any contractor, first and foremost, and you and I have talked about this in the past is, is that, you know, that gas detection. That's, that's, that's absolutely the first thing you got to have, you know, is to test the hole before you get into it. You know, there's, there's sample probes. Uh, you could do the old style of, of the old rope and lower the gas monitor down to, to test different levels. But that, that's, that's got to happen first and foremost, because, um, 65% of, of fatalities with confined spaces are hazard, hazardous atmospheres, right? And, um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Like, like we talked about in the last podcast, I get the alerts anytime any, you know, accidents happen. And um, one, you know, this really hit home to me when I first got into this industry. Uh, in Key Largo, kind of the same incident um, that, that we had in Fort Wayne just a few weeks ago. You had three workers go down in a hole kind of one by one trying to rescue each other. And... Um, and, and passed out and, and, and died. And then the firefighters come, right? And this was a smaller manhole. So what's the firefighter do? He takes off his, his breathing apparatus. He climbs down in there and he passes out. You know, um, luckily they were able to rescue him and he was in critical, critical condition for a while. But, um, I mean, this is real life stuff, man. It's really unfortunate. And, and that's something I, I, I can't stress enough is that when something happens to someone in a, in a trench collapse or in a confined space, do not jump in there and try and get them because it, that's not going to end well for you. Uh, I, I, it, you know, you see so many times people want to jump in and rescue their buddy, but if a trench just collapsed on him, you jump in there, there's a good chance it's going to collapse on you. And if he goes down in the bottom of a manhole, there's a reason for that. If you go down there, you're you're going to go down too. You just, I know everybody's first instinct is to jump in there and try and rescue their buddy, their crewmate, their and the Fort Wayne incident, his son. I, and I, I get it, but you got to 
you've got to fight that urge and stay away from it. Yep. And that's, that's where the training and, and having a plan in place, right. And doing simulations. And we do a lot of that with, with our customers and especially local municipalities who are working at these wastewater treatment plants that are getting in confined spaces day in, day out. Um, you, you have to go through that training and you have to do reps like you're doing anything to get good at it. Uh, because if not, whenever you get in the moment, you're going to panic and, and you're going to do what instinct tells you to do, uh, versus versus what the training tells you to do, right? So it's it's absolutely key to to train train some more and then then do some simulation training on top of that. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Well, Matt, you know, talking kind of, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place here, but you know, in, in terms of the gear, while we're on gas detection and and you know, obviously that's 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 paramount in my opinion is is at a minimum having gas detection in place and and again. Um, calibrating your gas monitors on a regular basis. So if you own your own gas monitors, make sure they're calibrated and ready to go because um, just because you have one and it'll power on doesn't mean that those sensors are reading the right levels of, of what they need to. Um, and then on top of that, you're required by most manufacturers to bump test your gas monitor on a daily basis to ensure that it's reading properly. A lot of people uh, saying, yeah, I, I got my gas monitor calibrated you know, three weeks ago but that doesn't mean that it's still working properly. So that's that's why that bump test on a daily basis is required by those manufacturers. Um, because if there was an incident to happen and, and those monitors tell you the last, when you turn them on, it'll tell you the last time it was bump tested. And uh, if it wasn't bump tested and you got in the hole and something happened, they would they would tell you right away that they're not liable for that because that's, that's a you problem at that point. Um, Fresh air ventilation. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of options in blowers. You know, one of the most common is is a 12 inch you know electrical blower AC using AC power. We also have gas power blowers that if you don't have a generator or whatever uh, means for electrical you know means on a job site, you can use a gas power blower uh, to help you know blow fresh air into there. And then last but not least, having a uh, a means to you know get somebody in and out in the event of emergency and that's where the tripods tripods and winches come into play um and, and a lot of times you'll see um customers with you know the srl which is is kind of the, the safety if they were to fall or bump their head or succumb to a gas it'll catch them right and then also um you have the ability to to retrieve them without actually going inside that hole so those are the the three key pieces that um Honestly, every crew should have either access to, have a vendor for, or uh, have available when they're working in a confined space. Yeah, you're you're right, and that's exactly what you guys provided to the team when when we had to get in that situation. We had uh, we had the monitors, we had the blowers, we had the uh, the winch that hooks right onto the the trailer hitch of your truck. So it was all I do is park your truck right there, hook up your winch, go in, do your business, and you're good to go. It, it's really pretty amazing what they've come up with for stuff like this. It's so th- there's no excuse, guys. There's no excuse not to be prepared to handle it properly. Test it before you get in there. End of story. Then you know you need, you need to make a call and say, hey, man, we need some more stuff out here because this ain't going to work. Yeah, that's it, man. Because um, heaven forbid you need it and, and it's not functional or ready to go. That's what you want to avoid. So plan, plan, and plan some more. Absolutely. Okay. Well, man, I'm I'm out of questions for you. You got any got any more for us? Man, I, I just want to quickly review. Um, by all means, feel free to add my contact information in the show notes because I I love talking about this stuff with um, 
with people in the, in the industry. But a quick confined space checklist, and I can send send our uh, listeners a PDF if need be. But I'm going to go through this real quick and just a couple of questions that, hey, before entering a confined space, these are some questions that you need to ask yourself. So uh, one, has the confined space been evaluated by the competent person? So we talked about that a little while ago and how, how it's key to have that competent person there and, and saying, yay or nay, can we get in that hole? Uh, two, coordination between host employer, uh, controlling contractor, and the entry employer, has it been completed, right? So make, making sure you're co coordinating with the GC, the other contractors that may be uh, working on that site. And then any alternate entry procedures, that, that's a key one. So making sure physical hazards have been eliminated, uh, making sure that we're continuously monitoring uh, the atmosphere, um, doing the pre-atmospheric testing that we talked about before you even climb in there. Uh, protection from accidental falls, right? Having having that fall protection in place, uh, forced air ventilation, um, safely being able to enter and exit the confined space, and then also written certification um, saying that the entry requirements have been met, right? Uh, a couple of more items here. Available written means, procedures, and practices necessary for acceptable entry conditions to be met throughout the duration of the uh, authorized permit required confined space entry. So having that document and that playbook right on uh, right on site, right where you're getting into that hole, ready and available for anybody that's involved in that to, to be able to review. Um, and again, a lot of it is, is a little bit more, more redundant for the permit required confined spaces uh, in terms of the continuous monitoring and things of that nature. But uh, I'd be glad to send this out so people have one and can keep it in their truck um, anytime they, they may need it. Yeah, and if you can, if you send me a copy, I'll save it in our Google Drive, and then we'll be able to attach it in the show notes as well so people can click on the link and take a look at it. Most definitely, man. Uh, well, man, we appreciate you coming in and joining us again. Like I said, I feel like you're the damn Grim Reaper. Every time you come here, we're talking about an accident. Yeah, let's uh, let's schedule something when we talk about like puppies or you know <laughs> rainbows and unicorns or something, man. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do. I, I'm really big on the why. And, um, you know, again, I... I love this industry and I love our contractors that we work with. And, and I don't want to see anything like this, you know, that we see around the country happen here. Um, knock on wood. I haven't experienced anything like this yet. And, and I hope I never do. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I never have, uh, and I don't want to, um, and, and the why guys, it, it, it's simple. Why for you? I mean, all you got to do and, and I, someone told me this one time is just think of the, the, the five reasons why you get out of bed every day and go to work. And, you know, for me, those five reasons are my wife and my, all my little kids. And it, it, it makes it very, very simple for me to understand why I'm going to do things the right way, the safe way to make sure that I go home to them and can provide for them. That, that should never be in question for anybody. Yeah, that's it, man. And, it, you know, as, as always, if there's anything that we can do to support you or your team out there in the field, guys, um, feel free to reach out. That, that's where we, we love being able to go out on the field and consult with you, whether if it's uh, for an excavation or a confined space. That's where we, we thrive, and um, we got the, the experience and the knowledge to be able to help you out there. So reach out. Yeah, you guys do a great job. I know you're, you're a great partner to team and a great partner to Nuka, and we, we really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you, Matt. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. All right, now we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit, and I uh, want to say thank you again to Stephen and United Rentals for the confined space safety update because that, that incident that happened up in Fort Wayne was terrible, uh, and we hope we, we hope never to see something like that in, in either in any part of Tennessee. Uh, but now, like I said, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and both chapters, East and Middle, have some 
some huge news to announce to announce so uh we've got the president of nuca of east tennessee with us today as well uh mr david hurst how you doing today man doing fine matt thank you for the invitation on here y'all um very excited to introduce Wendy Mullins as our new executive director as of yesterday. She started yesterday, so um, very excited. That is awesome, man. So Wendy Mullins is the new executive director of Nuka of East Tennessee, man. So how to uh, give us a little bit? How'd the search process go? How'd y'all land on Wendy? Um, uh, it, it went very well, uh, of course, with the the help of Ken Salmer, as you know. Um, he he. Um, sent out some um, plenty of advertisements, um, done some online, I guess not online, but phone interviews, uh, cut it to a short list and, uh, and then had us, uh, had us some in, in-person interviews. He set those up for us. He wasn't involved in that, but, uh, yeah, I did a, did a great job. It was really some, some, some great, um, people that applied and we cut it to a, a short list and, uh, and picked Wendy, um, very fortunate that she accepted the job, accepted the offer. So yeah, again, she started yesterday. Uh, Wendy's from, uh, um, she moved here from Atlanta. She's not originally from Atlanta. You'll have a chance to catch up with her here in a week or two, hopefully. But uh, she moved here from Atlanta, been here 14 years. Um, um, had a full-time job and was looking to step back a little bit to, this is a part-time job, as you know, so. That's awesome, man. I, I'm excited to ha- have Wendy in the fold and, and uh, kind of and get to know her. And, yeah, we would absolutely love to set up with Wendy an opportunity to have her come on and, and you know, let everybody get to know who, her and hear a little bit about her and how she, she landed here with you guys, man. So that, that's awesome. Congratulations to y'all. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we've really um, – she's got a strong background in the nonprofit organization, so she's going to be a great fit. Um She's still in, involved in, in some others, and she'll have a chance to tell you about that as well. Uh, she says she's excited about working in the construction with the contractors, though, something she's a little bit different working with businesses, you know, and advocating for, uh, you know, infrastructure contractors and our associates and vendors and stuff. So she seems very excited about that, something, something new to her, uh, clean slate, if you will, working with businesses and contractors, so. Absolutely. And I've got a chance to read through the, the email. I got the email when you guys sent it out announcing her hire on Monday and everything. And I think with her with her background and what I've seen on her bio that she'll have no problem picking it up and be a great asset for East Tennessee. Yeah, fundraising. Uh, she just got a, a, a very strong background in the in the dot orgs, you know. Uh, I do need to give a shout out to our search committee for um, for the help. And I, I I could say I've done it myself, but if it wasn't for, you know, our vice president, Michael Adams, um, our treasurer, Robert Hanser, Travis Smith, uh, Tim Luttrell, uh, and of course, Ken, um, they were on our search committee that we put together and uh, spent spent a lot of time with me uh, uh, going through the resumes and then, of course, the interviews. And uh, we did an interview uh, just at Stowers, open their facility up again, uh, Stowers Caterpillar. We did our uh, did our interviews there. They provided lunch, so a shout out to them also for for allowing us allowing us to use their facility. That is awesome, man. That that is fantastic. And, and you're right. The search committee plays a huge part in it. And here in in Middle Tennessee, we just went through the same process, and and we're very excited to uh, be able to announce that Natalie Hansen is our new executive director. 
Okay. I did not realize, realize that. So congratulations to you also. Yes, sir. Um, and, and so we're, we're in the same boat as you guys. It was, it, it was kind of funny how the, the two processes kind of went side by side and, uh, we started the process at the same time, even talked a little bit in the beginning and then, and then ended up making decisions at the same time. So it's kind of funny how that worked out. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, good for the both of us then. But yeah, we're, we're very excited to have Natalie on board and she is, uh, she's got over 30 years of experience in the construction industry, both working as a contractor and working with the governor and, and, you know, construct can, and controlling projects in in the, hundreds of millions of dollars and, and all the way down to doing small projects. And, and so we're, we're, we're very happy and excited to have her on board. And I think between, uh, Wendy and Natalie, we're going to have some, uh, a real force here in Tennessee coming up for Nuka. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, congratulations. Sounds like she's got a good, strong construction background. So the, uh, but man, um, I appreciate you coming on and giving us a little update on y'all's ED search. And, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to announce that, that both chapters have executive directors now. And, and like you said, a shout out to everybody that was on the search committees and putting in the time, you know, extra time away from our day jobs, looking through resumes and doing interviews and doing everything that went into this. Cause it was a bit of a, you know, it was a daunting task. And so I, I congratulations to both chapters for, for all their effort and what I think are going to be great hires. Yeah, also, Matt, um, don't forget September 18th, this coming Friday, we've got a dove hunt. First ever uh, East Tennessee dove hunt. It's not too late to, to uh, sign up, go online and, and register. Uh, also, September 23rd, I think you're going to be involved in some of this yourself. Uh, I know locally here we've got a video call with uh, Senator Blackburn and uh, Representative Burchett and uh, Representative Fleshman. So, uh, uh, com forward slash etn so go online and, and register both those events uh, if you don't get registered online for the dove hunt we're going to have some registration forms down there and some waivers so so uh, come on down and, and uh, first thing first thing uh, friday morning and uh, i guess down to 7 p.m 7 a.m to 7 p.m i believe is what those hours are but come join us yes sir that sounds awesome that's that's one I'm bummed I can't make it up there for is the dove hunt. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think y'all got a great, great event coming. Yeah, we're excited about it. Uh, Rance Merkel and myself uh, took a ride down there a couple of weeks ago when uh, Erosion Supplies got a heck of a facility there they've uh, uh, going to let us use. So uh, shout out to them also. That is fantastic, man. Well, good, good deal, man. That, that sounds awesome. Wendy's in, you know, getting in the saddle, going to get to be a part of the first, the first event back in person here. So that, that, that is good. And again, congratulations, David. Congratulations to everybody in both chapters for all the hard work on the new EDs. Uh, and uh, thank you for coming on again, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, Matt. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Uh, I appreciate Stephen and David coming on. Uh, get us you know, a little education on confined space safety and then David coming on so both chapters could announce the wonderful hires that they've made. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have everybody in the fold and both chapters running full steam ahead with new executive directors. There's a lot of momentum coming out of Tennessee and I think it's going to make a big impact on Nuka. So uh, again, congratulations to both chapters. It's just fantastic. Uh, as you heard David say, uh, coming up on the 18th, just this Friday dove shoot. So go to Nuka to register.
uh, Annecy said, coming up on the 23rd is the Washington Summit, where we're going to be talking with the with the legislators he mentioned, as well as some more legislators in Middle Tennessee. We've got a great slate of legislators set up to talk with that day, and we've been looking forward uh, here. Nuka is going to be sending out some videos uh, that their legislative group in D.C. has been working on to kind of you know make sure we've got the nitty-gritty down on what we're going to be talking to these legislators about. So anything that you think is important that legislator needs, those legis- state legislators need to know for our industry from, from project financing to safety to you know the whole gamut, we're going to be having the opportunity to sit down in front of our legislators. So go to nuca.com, visit the, the events tab for Washington Summit, and you can sign up right there. Um, all right, coming on up here, guys, in Middle Tennessee, November 13th, we've got a clay shoot coming. Uh, you know, we, we just recently decided to do this, wanted to get back to an in-person event. That's something that, you know, we've been reaching out to our members and finding out what we could do better for them, and everybody wants to get together again. So we're going to do it. We're going to get an in-person event together with a clay shoot. Uh, you know, due to the Rona restrictions um, out of the Nashville Gun Club, we're not going to be able to, you know, do do lunch or reception or anything like that. But we're going to get out there, shoot some clays, have some fun, get to talk to one another again. So be on the lookout for the registration for that coming up very soon. Um, we got an associates of only event coming October eighth. So if you're in our, if you're in the Nuke of Middle Tennessee associate group, uh, be looking for the registration for that because we're gonna get you guys together and get you talking about what Nuke can do for you, how you can help the chapter, what you know, and and through the Rona, what challenges you guys have been facing as a you know common ground as associate members there. So so be looking for that. Don't forget right now, guys, we got the Each One Reach One contest going on. Guys, last week I asked you all to step up and beat Neil. Neil was winning the race. So far, Neil's recruited two more members. So you all are losing ground on Neil. Come on, step it up. Neil's got a total of three new members he's recruited. He's going to win that jacket if you guys don't step it up. So if you want to stay warm this winter and get that heated jacket, get out there and start recruiting. Uh, the Virtual Safety Roundtable coming up. The If you check your weekly email... The registration for that is already open. So get on there, register for that. That's coming up on the 29th at noon. Um, as I said last week, guys, we got already got folks from TDOT and TOSHA registered to come and hear what's important to us, what safety means to, to us as contractors. So let's get on there, let's get registered, and let's have a good showing. we got the virtual tech summit coming up too. Uh, that's going to be held October 15th. And we got Badger Daylighting, SAM, and Precision Pipe Supply set to present on that day on a myriad of topics from subsurface utility engineering to the benefits of culvert slip lining and uh, hydro excavation and what what it can do for us. Uh, We're working right now with Scott Knobloch who is the equipment expert from Caterpillar to come and do a live seminar for us on maximizing job efficiencies and equipment operation for civil contractors. Guys they just did this seminar out in Colorado and it was from everything I've seen and heard and read was awesome. I know Nobby has traveled the world working for Caterpillar, so he's going to be able to impart some great knowledge of things you've seen all around the world on the way you can use your equipment better. Uh, just keep an eye out for those uh, those weekly emails coming. Uh, you know, there, there's great information in them from, you know, direct links to things that OSHA thinks we need to know to upcoming events and, and everything the chapter is trying to do for you. Um, there's also information in there about half-off member dues because that was extended through the end of September. So if you're out there trying to recruit people, it's a great tool. Only having to pay half dues for the rest of the year. So all new members at this point only pay half your dues for the year. 
So get out there, start recruiting, start promoting those half-off dues. Uh, December event party. Uh, that's coming up as well, December 5th, 5 to 8, at Nashville Golf and Athletic Club. Uh, this is just a fun social event for us to get back together, uh, bring your spouses. We're going to have some live music, some appetizers, some drinks, and just, just try and have a good time. Uh, present the annual Ditch Digger of the Year Award and, 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 and enjoy the evening. And the last thing I wanted to update you guys on was the ED search, but we've already done that talking with uh, with David and the announcement of Wendy and Natalie. And, guys, I'm, I can't say enough how excited I am to have both these people hired and in place and how great they're going to be for our chapters. So if you have any questions about anything, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to the, the new executive directors, and hopefully here we'll get them on the show, get a little interview with them, find out uh, a little more about them and what they're going to be bringing to the table. So. Uh, with that, guys, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, so y'all stay safe out there and keep digging Tennessee.